Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Extra. Extra. Your extra bit of Fulhamish content and we're looking forward to the big playoff crunch matches. Two games against Derby County in quick succession. Birmingham City is behind us. We're only looking forward and it is the playoff semi-final. One final chance this season to get ourselves to the promised land, the Premier League and also the promised land of Wembley. I don't actually know what I want more out of this playoff semi-final the chance to get to the Premier League or just a bloody trip to Wembley for once Uh, so my name is Sammy James and on tonight's podcast I'm here with Jack Collins hello listeners and Don Betts hello hello so bit of a special one tonight so we're going to have a little bit of a chat amongst ourselves uh, about the upcoming game on Friday we are going to be doing a podcast halfway through the matches so we will be kind of reflecting on the second leg at a later date Uh, and then after we've had our own little discussion amongst ourselves we're going to be chatting to Tom and Richard from Steve Bloomer's Washing which is a fantastic Derby County podcast Uh, we caught up with them uh, in a studio and we had a little bit of a chat with them about this Friday's game it was a really nice chat so that'll be coming up later in the podcast uh, but first of all we'll do our own uh, little preview of the match just to say that this season Fulhamish is backed by Ladbrokes for exclusive specials and promotions head to bets.fulhamish.co.uk or as Jack liked to say when he hosted the podcast not our promotion, not our promotion. I enjoyed that little caveat that I chucked in also there. one thing about uh, Steve Bloom's Washington they have an interview with Paul Pescadelido and I butchered his name there but Oh, yeah, and you guys feature on their podcast. Yeah, we, we do did. indeed. But also, when they spoke to Paul Pescasolino, he said that he enjoyed watching Fulham more than Derby. Great bloke. On oh. live on a Derby podcast. What a fella. <laughs> he also did it live from the golf course. What a geese. What an absolute legend. Yeah. Right, um, so Derby on Friday. It's the first leg. Uh, this time in this playoff campaign, Dom, we're away first. I'm going to start off with that question. How much of an impact do you think it will be for Fulham that the home leg second. How much of a difference will that make? I think it's a, it is a big deal. You always want the home leg second, just because you know, especially with us, how good our home record has been since the turn of the year. That we know we can do our business at home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and and it's it's just nice to have. If I know away goals don't count, but it's nice to just if you've got a draw or a lead going into the home game, you know, as long as you do your business at home, you're through. Yeah. I know away goals just have no bearing, but it's just nice to be away from home first. I mean, I would rather the game's been Saturday, Tuesday, but... Such is life, eh? Such is life. Yeah, it's tough to get up there, Jack. Hopefully we'll sell out our allocation. I think we will. After my impassioned plea on Tuesday's podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's looking like it is going to get at least close to selling out at the game. And... I guess we just kind of have to go again, but both as fans and as players. Yeah, we've got to pick ourselves back up. And, you know, obviously we're, we're all disappointed. We all have been disappointed, but, you know, we've got we've got a good shot here. And like we said so many times, a lot, so many people have said, at Christmas, if you'd offered us a playoff spot, we would have bitten your hand off for it. So we've got to look at it like that and look at look at the season in, in a wider context. And, and in, that, in that regard, we need to go into Friday's game believing that we are the better side and that we can do this because on our day, we can beat anyone. And we've shown already that we can beat Derby County at the iPro. Although it got a little bit hairy at the end, we were very good value for the 2-1, you know, in the, especially in the first half where we absolutely dominated from start to finish. And so if we can produce a performance akin to that again, there's no reason we can't walk out of Fry Park with a victory and a lead to take back to the cottage to defend. 
Uh, and so if we're behind them from the very out, then you know, why not? Uh, how do you think Fulham should approach the game on Friday, Dom? We mo- mentioned in the last podcast about a couple of potential changes. You mentioned uh, Kearney being dropped. Have you kind of calmed down no. uh, since that moment and uh, think that maybe he actually should be playing? I mean, he should be playing. I just don't think he should have the armband. All right, fair enough. Got in the first place. How, how should we approach the game more generally rather than the exact lineup? Well, I think? think this game is... You've, we've got to think just play our natural game because we didn't play our natural game at Derby we didn't play it from the first minute yes I guess you could say if Piers on scored it's a different game but yeah I think we just start playing our natural game because Derby know if we both play our best games we're going to win mm-hmm. Derby know that Derby fans know that But so I think we need to focus on our game and just as long as we, if we can dominate the first 15 minutes I don't say we need to score but we can put Derby on the pressure they're going to be worried and then they're going to have to come towards us but I think it's important to control the first 15-20 minutes of the game we don't necessarily have to score just maybe if we have a, sh- a couple of shots on target, then great. Then Derby will come onto us and then it'll open space for us to run in the pine. Obviously, it depends who's playing left back, who's playing left wing with Matt Target's injury. I think I read that he might be fit, but do you really want to play him after what happened on Sunday? And then I think, yeah, I think if we play our natural game, they'll come onto us and it'll open up spaces. But we do, I think, have to be wary defensively. I think Johansson, we need him to be playing his box role, but we also need to make sure he does. He is getting back and defending. We need to make sure the fullbacks aren't getting caught out because obviously we're pl- most likely we're playing a team who's going to play a three-five-two, yeah. and although because we, we don't come across many of them in the pre- in the championship, so it's going to be hard. And obviously they've got they've got goals in him, so we have to got to be wary. I, I'm I'm sort of going to be interested in how our defence deals with if Cameron Jerome plays, because you know Tim Ream I think can deal with him, but if Dennis Adoy's playing, I don't. I don't think he should. I think Callas should play. That will he better deal with Cameron Jerome in the runs in behind the likes of Lawrence? It's going to be a tricky fixture. They're going to be bang up for it. Why wouldn't they be? They've got a free shot at you know the playoffs. They they weren't expecting to be there. They got a free hit at us basically, and and that's Not always quite as dangerous. much as like if it had been like a Brentford or a Millwall though. No, because no, they were not. they were like second at the turn of the year. I mean, okay, yeah, there was a point where they thought they'd blown it, but they. There is some pressure. It's not like yeah, of course, and obviously they're going to want to go up. But a lot of them, are, a lot of Derby fans have said that you know this didn't they didn't feel like this was going to be their year. And in in that regard, it feels like they've got just a, a loose shot goal. And you know, and, and we have to deal with that kind of pressure internally. There's a you know there's a feeling in the Fulham camp, and rightly so, we finished third. That we are the third best division, team in this division, and we should therefore be going up. And and that's you know if this team if this division finished one two three get promoted and eighteen nineteen twenty get relegated, we'd have already been up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's seasons like this where you feel like the playoffs aren't fair and it's what the third place team always says. Bit of a myth about the fact that the third place team always struggles. uh, Ten times in 29. And four times in the last 10, which I think is not bad. If if you look at third, fourth, fifth and sixth, the team that's gone up the most in the playoffs has been the team who's finished third. Yeah. Yeah. Then fifth for some reason. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. So I think it's always going to come out that team in third is often slightly better but then the lottery factor kind of comes into it but it's a skewed lottery if you look historically yeah of course and you know you need to you need to bear in mind that there are some years where there are obviously three teams that are better than everyone else in the division but similarly do you remember like Brighton the year that they lost out on goal difference to Middlesbrough yeah and then I think they got beaten by Derby didn't they they got beaten 4-0 by Derby in the first leg so we've got to be wary of that kind of thing happening we can't let, there is absolutely no room to let like, let ourselves fall behind heavily here there is no there's no like escape mm. we need to be 
keep it tight, keep it close, and and hit them with what we've got. And and there's you know we can't we can't afford to fall behind massively in the first leg because as we saw at Birmingham, we're not very good at chasing leads down. We need to you know keep ourselves in the game. No, and we know if we take the lead, we're quite good at keeping the lead. Well, I mean, um, Sunderland was the first time we've conceded the lead since January, since Barnsley, which and, is yeah, a hell of a statistic. We, 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 I think we were 1-0 down both months. Because we went, did we go 1-0 down to Ipswich? Yes. yes. Yeah, and then obviously Barnsley. But then after that, we, we know that we know if we're in front, we're in control of the game. Yeah. And they and then it, it makes the other team come onto you, and then you, you have the places in behind that we always find and through the middle. So I think, yes, I've said this probably on every hundred and whatever episodes of this podcast that if we get an early goal we'll be fine but yeah generally if we take the lead I don't see us losing well this is the question I was coming to next how does the fact that it's a two-legged playoff without away goals kind of affect Fulham's tactics in the first leg because I don't think anything can can affect Slav's tactics yeah Slav doesn't affect tactics he just plays one way I, I did guess. also come out after the Birmingham game and be like, I'm not changing the way I play. But if you're in, if you're towards the end of the first leg and may, let's say we're 1-0 in the lead, do you protect the lead? Well, yeah. In the same way that you'd protect the lead if you had away you do, goals. But do you, when, when, do you run into the corner or do you try and get a second because you're thinking it's half-time? Well, I, I think you have to manage the game like professionally. If there's If they don't have any defenders and you're running through on goal, I probably wouldn't go for the corner, no. Yeah. But... You know, if you know if the opportunity comes to you know see out the game, then you see it out as well. This it's not about. I don't think the away goals should factor in to how you deal with it because you know it's it's a two legged tie. You're supposed to win it. You know, we want to win it flat out. We don't want to win it. You know, you, yeah, you just of, got you just got you got to manage them just as two separate two separate entities really that you need to win yeah, both. Of. You need to win two games. Well, away goals doesn't come into it, does no, it? In the no, but you just need to win two games and then you're through and we've shown we can win games quite easily. We've beaten Derby at Pride Park this season already, which is a good thing. So the players know mentally that they can win here. And also, yeah, it's just like you just got to win two games and also if if it comes especially with the second leg, it can't come into the players' minds that oh we need to protect them. It's just two single games that you need to win. And, and then, if you win both, you go through. Exactly. It's helpful. I've always works, said right? that. I've always said that. Well, I mean Remain three undefeated and we're in the Premier League. Unless it's draws and penalty shootouts. Yeah, I don't like that because penalty shootouts are probably. If it's not penalty shootout, you bring on Matt O'Reilly, mate, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly Ollie, though. Mostly you just Ollie. You bring on Michael Elstone. He's a um, bag. A couple of days to think about it. Let's assume everyone's fit because there's really no other way of us knowing. Yeah. Uh, your changes from Birmingham, if any, quick fire. I go Bettinelli, Christie, Callas, Ream, Target, Johansson, McDonald. Kearney, Ayite, Sessignon, Mitrovic. Bettinelli in goal, and then uh, Christie at right back, so I think Fred- Fredericks falls a disgrace, so he deserves to be dropped. Centre backs, I'm going to go with Ream and Callas because I think we need a more physical centre half at the back. Left back, so target if he's fit. If he's not fit, Dennis the Doy. Then you have McDonald holding midfield. Then in number eight, you have obviously Stefan Johansson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Tom Kearney, even though I think he should be dropped. <laughs> give, them, give the armband to McDonald, though. And then, obviously, up front, uh, Alexander Mitrovic. On the left, Ryan Sessegnon. And on the right, I'd love to see Cabano, but I know he's not going to play. So it'll be he's also good. a better impact sub. Yeah, and I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go with Floyd Aite. Cool. I'm, I'm the exact same. I'm not going to go through naming my lineup. I think that the, the Christie thing makes sense for the, for the first leg. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he does pick Fredericks and doesn't no, pick I wouldn't. I, I have no issue with Ryan Fredericks playing in the second leg. Like, but I, just... have no, I have no issue. Let me make this straight. I have no issue with Ryan Fredericks playing in either leg as long as he doesn't play like he did on Sunday. 
Yeah, he needs a rest at some point because the games are coming so thick and fast. Well, we need, maybe, to, we need to utilize our squad. Something, something needs to change. If he feels like he's got his bad game out of his system now, and and that's how it is, then fine. But like, but it needs if, to be if more. If he does get dropped, Cyrus Christie, he's gonna, I think, and he plays in the second, I think he'll have a really good second game because he's like, why have I been dropped? Like, yeah, I, I want to prove a point. Bear in mind, we actually only need to we need to get through two games, and then there's a two week break, and then we can rest. Yeah. So he's he getting also, through these two games. Let's he, not think about the final. Fredericks is also playing for a contract at, at a pre, for either us or Premier League team. Like, yeah, the, it's the playoffs, so there's going to be Premier League teams watching. Yeah, yeah. and he's obviously his contract runs out in the summer. So he, if if we don't go up, let's say he's going to be trying to play for a Premier League contract. Yeah, same with Tom Kearney, really. Right, well, uh, shall we hear from uh, Steve Loomis Washington? Let's get him in, shall we? Get him in! Right, so we spoke to Tom and Richard uh, of Steve Blumen's Washing, and we asked them uh, how they're feeling ahead of Friday's playoff. If you'd have asked that question a month ago, it would have been extremely negative. But recent good run of form, Cameron Jerome scored a couple of goals and comprehensive dis- destruction of Barnsley on Sunday. A little bit more confident, but still apprehensive of the quality of Fulham that, that they have. I mean, about a month ago, uh, we were t- when we were, we were at the end of our really bad run, um, you know, my, my opinion was, I don't think we will get into the playoffs, but if we do, we must have found some form at the right time, and that's what's happened. Yeah. I don't think we've been playing amazingly well the last three weeks, but obviously a home win against Cardiff, a way draw against Villa, two promotion rivals, mm. and then beating um, you know, a, a relegation team convincingly was, was, was really good. So feeling a bit better, but we probably would rather not be playing Fulham, to be honest. So obviously on the last day of the season, something I was just about to ask, before you said that there was a period where you were in fifth and Villa were guaranteed fourth and Fulham third was that something that was a a good was the reaction good among the Derby fans you know especially because you know Borough for us Borough were very much a bogey team and we're quite scared of that kind of physicality of a purist side and there's something about you know we almost rather play the kind of style that Derby play Um, and so for us you know, we were we were really looking to out of those two to get you, but I was I'm equally scared of Villa, and yeah. I, I think that there's something to be said for whoever you got in the, in the playoffs. But what was the kind of general feeling? I think the general feeling was like a bit disappointing because I I feel that we could have had Middlesbrough uh, or Villa over two legs. Obviously, it would have been Villa. Uh, we beat them earlier in the season, got a very good draw against them a couple of weeks ago. Um, Fulham, the sort of team that are capable of just like on the counter with such pace and quality up front. Mitrovic has been incredible since January. Um, that's a real fear. But you're right, the, the, the playoffs this year so tough. There's four really good teams in there, all with very different qualities. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite different to last year because obviously you had Reading who finished third, but no one thought would do anything because yeah. they were just basically shit housing their way through a 46 game season, and that and that's prevailed this season with them nearly getting relegated. Then you had Huddersfield who, I mean, had a great great season. No one could have expected that, and then um, and doing doing it the way that the football they were playing. Then you obviously had Hussle had an amazing run like we did this season to finish sixth, and then you also had Sheffield Wednesday who were just solid throughout the entire season. I feel I feel like the Villa for us Villa would have been a fifty fifty game, you know uh, they're, a, they're a strong organised team, a quite similar team I think to Derby, um, and it would have gone I would have felt like it was fifty fifty would have gone either way. Fulham I don't I'm not saying we can't beat Fulham, but I feel like if both teams play their best football, Fulham beat us quite convincingly. Yeah. Whereas Villa I feel like both teams can can kind of uh, neutralise the other one. We've definitely taken the shit out performances this season, like the amount of times we've. Like been so bad and one two one or two nil or something away from home. Um, beginning of the year defensively quality, and then it really fell away in January and February. Um, we only just started to get that back, but we kept nineteen clean sheets. I reckon three quarters of them before Christmas. But yeah, your your recent results have been like alarming. I think 
in January and February, you kind of became draw specialists, didn't yeah. you? You weren't losing that many games, but really not winning too many either. And then in April, it all just fell apart. And, you know, defeats to Burton, you had that defeat to Middlesbrough, yeah. which is not quite as uh, embarrassing as the Burton one. Yeah. Did you fear at some point that you weren't even going to get the playoffs? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I thought it was over, particularly after getting thrashed at home by Sunderland. That was awful. Uh, oh, yeah. That was the real low. And then losing away to Burton was was another real low. It, we didn't think we could get any lower. Uh, but Rowett changed the system. Um, he, he, he called players out. He didn't shy away from criticising them. Yeah. And what's nice is actually under the most pressure they've ever had and under so much criticism after kind of four years of frustration... This squad actually responded, and they responded just in time, literally just in time. Yeah, um, and that kind of bodes well for the the pressure that the playoffs will bring. I think the the Cardiff game a couple of weeks ago, um, there was do or die. We we beat Cardiff, we have a real chance of the playoffs. We lose, no chance. It's all over. Um, it's the same squad that we've had, despite the fact we've been saying, oh, we've got a lot more experienced players, a lot better players. Um, but they came out and were so good against against Cardiff, beat them three one. Uh, Cameron Jerome scored tw- two. He scored four in three now. Looks to be on form. Uh, Vidra's back, scoring goals again, and we're scoring goals with Lawrence and, and Nugent scored for the first time in a while. So, um, much more positive at the moment. Still worried about the quality of Fulham. In terms of your squad, there's a lot of championship experience and a lot of like heavy championship, not journeymen, I'd say, but mm. people that have succeeded in this division. You know, the likes of Nugent, the likes of Butterfield, and it's. One of those things where I've, you know, you look at it and you think, is this going to go to Fulham, who obviously are, you know, kind of a swashbuckling younger side, or does it feel like a last chance saloon for a lot of these players? Is the kind of what I was trying to get out there? I think I think it quite possibly is last chance for a few of them at Derby. Um, for Davis, Curtis Davis and Huddleston, obviously we know all about them. They'll probably have another couple of seasons in them, either at Derby or somewhere else. But uh, people like uh, Bradley Johnson, uh, Richard Keogh, I think might be yeah. one of those who might be shipped on if we didn't go up this season because he's just been associated with this team of nearly men for so long. So it's not necessarily their fault. It's just that it might be the end of a natural cycle for a few players. Uh, that also happened before when we lost Paul Hughes and Jeff Hendrick and Tom Ince over the last two seasons. Yeah. Uh, that that this generation of team is kind of almost finished. It's just like the last old ones who are left <laughs> there. Is there a chance of that that squad who obviously you know are on the older side of the spectrum becoming fatigued at the end of a long season? I know we've talked about before about Fulham's kind of fatigue and and the way that we look to have dropped off, but you know surely with that kind of you know years in the leg shall we say there is a, a real chance that that squad might run out of gas we've had a, a few injury problems so there's been a lot of forced rotation from that so joe ledley was quality until about january he's been injured pretty much the whole time since um huddleston was injured for a small time then got suspended after being sent off against forest uh, johnson's obviously stepped in and he's stepped up recently um Keo had a really bad run of form he terrible against sunderland at fault for at least two goals and got dropped so I see the point, but I don't think there is because there's been enough rotation. The yeah. Derby squad is huge. Yeah, and Bradley Johnson's only just started playing regularly again recently, and Cameron Jerome has only played maybe a third of a season. Yeah. So, yeah. and Vidra's been coming off the bench recently. So I think fitness-wise, we should be okay. One of the points Rowett made in January was he was going to he said he was going to flog the team in January. Uh, yeah. We 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 passed comment at the time saying is that going to uh, come back to bite us in February or March? And we did drop off, and they seem to be looking quite fit now. I don't know how deliberate that was, but I'm not too worried about fitness levels. And we've we've got quite a good clean bill of health as well. Cool. I think I think my main worry with Derby playing them is I think you've got a lot of goal scorers in your side. 
especially obviously you've got the least top goals here in Matty Vidro. You've got Cameron Jerome, who he might not score the most goals, but he's, he is just a nuisance. You saw that in the Cardiff game against Sean Morrison. He gave him an absolute horrid time, which is quite funny, obviously, after the video that mm, yeah. Sean Morrison released. <laughs> and and also, you, you've got players like Lawrence you've got who, who can create stuff. So that's where my worry is. And obviously, you've got the solid base of Bradley Johnson, the likes of Tom Huddleston, uh, Danny Butterfield. So I think... <laughs> I think you need to play your game, but adapt, but adapt it to ours. I think that's what that's what Birmingham did, and yeah. it cuts it straight out of the game. I think if you just go out, play your game, and we go out and play our game, as as I said when when, when we when we when I came on st- on your podcast, that it could just be another repeat of the game at Pride Park. Yeah. Where I think if you adapt your game to our game, then you could actually come out with a win on uh, Friday night. I'd like to see us start fast on Friday. Um, lots of high tempo, lots of balls in behind you, uh, try and turn the defenders. I don't think Tim Reen's a great defender when I've seen him, having been seen him at Bolton before he joined you, but I think that's what I'd like to see. However, I do think we've got to be wary of you guys on the counter-attack. You clearly show that you're capable of uh, changing the sort of pace of things and, and attacking with great pace as well. Have, have you boys come up against three at the back this season? Who else plays three at the back in our league? I kind of think of... Wolves? That- yeah, we yeah. came up against Wolves playing through the back and we beat them 2-0 yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. fair they also battered us last year <laughs> yeah but we were rubbish then in fairness I don't think too many other teams no. in this league no. do play because we've only switched to that in the last month or month, month and a half ago it's been out of necessity hasn't it because things were going so badly we played 4-2-3-1 and it just needed to change so I mean, we've tried to play three at the back uh, a few times under Jukanovic and every single time it, 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 it's failed. Well, it's because uh, we only have one capable centre-back, let alone three. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, five foot nine. Looking at, the, <laughs> looking at the Fulham team, lads, what kind of threat are you expecting uh, from the Whites? What players uh, will you be keeping most of an eye out for? I think the first thing to say as a team is the pressing game. Uh, and we don't often don't deal well like on it it looks good that we beat Barnsley 4-1 you will not believe the amount of space and time we had across the whole midfield and defense they did, I mean, they did not press us at all at that first, I think it might have been the first goal from Jerome where yeah. he literally just ran and he yeah. just kept running and they were like yeah no here's some more space no, here's some more yeah. space and Bradley Johnson has had enough space to put uh, the best part of his season in as well yeah to set it up so for me it's actually your whole style that really uh, scares me. Of course, there's the obvious players, Sessegnon, Kearney, and 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 the, the form that Mitrovic is in. I feel like our defences, though, our defence should be able to deal with Mitrovic, although he did cause us problems before. Yeah, is uh, a Ayiti fit? He came back. He made an appearance off the bench against okay. Wednesday. The thing so is, last year, he was, yeah. Sorry. The thing is with Ayiti is he's only effective if he starts. Yeah, he hasn't got this dynamism off the bench, which we we've got a winger called Nisan Cabana on the be- who's sometimes on the bench, yeah. who's the only player who's an actual winger who can offer dynamism. But for some reason, Slab doesn't rate him. And it, I think if we start Piaz on, it's that's a poor decision in the away leg because okay. he's not a player you need. He's a luxury player who, if he doesn't score, you don't really notice him in, in the game. For me, yes, he's got a good work rate. He's passionate about the club. You know, he's online, but I don't care if he's passionate or has good work. Yeah. Right, you need players who are going to uh, affect the game, and if I, if we're going to start a winger, I think it should be Aite, yeah. and then bring on the likes of Kamara, Ojo, or Cabano off the bench. And how will your team, do you think, adapt to the playoffs? You've obviously been there before as a club, but there will be lots of players in your side that haven't faced uh, a playoff campaign. Two legs in just like such a short space of time. It's such an intensity of football. How do you think they will adapt to that situation? One of the things that Rowett did this year was uh, bring in some more experienced heads. So uh, Curtis Davis, uh, Tom Huddleston were both brought in. 
whilst they may not have played championship football, they've both been Premier League players in the last couple of years. And I think that'll be really beneficial. Um, he also brought in Joe Ledley, short-term deal. Um, again, another experienced, a wily sort of player, uh, knows how to stick a boot in. So I think the experience will really, really see us through. You're right, though, two games in a very short amount of time. Will that, will that deal... All those more experienced players deal with that very well, uh, and that could certainly be a factor in the second leg. Yeah, I'm not too worried about men- mentally. I think they'll be okay, um, uh, and that, that's including players who have been through it with Derby a, a few times, got to the final, and got uh, beat by Hull a couple of years ago. Um, so uh, mentally, I think we'll be okay. I think Route will use the squad. I think we'll see Vidra start one leg, but not the other one. I think mm. we'll see Ledley, Ledley and Johnson maybe interchange across the two legs, and he'll probably make the back three will probably be different. At home, he might play two left backs, so he'll play. Uh, he only plays Olsen left wing back and Forsyth's yeah. left centre back. Olsen went off injured, so we're not 100% sure oh, what's yeah. happened yet. With that. But then away from home, depending on the first leg result, we'll probably play Pierce as a, a more traditional centre back on the left centre back and mm. have have a, just one left wing back. So I don't think you'll see the Derby, the Derby lineup will be possibly three or four changes between the two legs. Yeah. And Casey Palmer's there to come off the bench as well as a, a lone player has been fantastic off the bench, mm. but not really good being given a start yet. Yeah, well, he he really did inject that kind of dynamism into the game when he came yeah. on against Fulham. And yeah. we've seen what he can do, obviously, last year in the championship yeah. as well. So there seems to be options there. Is the left centre-back thing you've just mentioned, is that a direct ploy to combat the fact that Fulham overload the right? Or is that just the way that Rowett sets up at home? It's just been how he's been sat, setting up recently. Away yeah. from home, uh, he's well, only only the Villa game he went with Alex Pierce at left yeah. centre back, and every other game he's gone with Olsen and Forsyth as, as left centre back and left wing back. It's ironic because I think most of us have been waiting for a system where we haven't got to play either of them, and now he's found <laughs> a system where he's playing both of them uh, because they've both been our weak links. Whenever they, left back has been our weak link position, um, so that would be actually be, I would say that if he does play that system with, with two left left backs essentially I would focus even more down the right wing because I think that's where you can get at us defensively Talking of a trip to Derby it's my first time to Pride Park it was one of the reasons I was slightly hoping uh, for Derby in the playoffs should it happen because I didn't manage to get up to Pride Park this season and I was kind of hoping uh, to get to do it and tick it off the list uh, this, this time around uh, there'll be plenty of Fulham fans as well I think probably making their first trip up uh, to Pride Park so what's the best word thing about uh, a trip up to Derby where's best to drink where's best to go out all of the all, all of the match day tips I basically think, I think unlike unlike a lot of the new prefab stadiums out there Pride Park at least is pretty close to the, the ground so it's what it's a 15 minute walk along yeah, the river the stations, uh, if you go the, the scenic route uh, and there's a couple of good pubs on the way the best pub to drink in we're just talking about it off air is the Brunswick pub which is just outside the station but yeah. recently it, this didn't used to be the case but it seems like if you've got colours on as an away team, you won't be let in. Okay. Um, but if you haven't got colours on, definitely go to Brunswick a shout just yeah. outside the pub, outside the station. Sorry. Couple of couple of others. The Alex, which is around the corner, uh, both do really good ale. Um, then there's the the Derby Tap uh, and the Silk Mill, both are often away fan friendly as well. And there's this standing order Weatherspoons in town centre. So plenty of drinking options. Uh, Derby was up there with Norwich, I think, for for ale capital of the UK. So. Good beer. You'll definitely have a good time with that one. Hopefully you can drown your sorrows at the end of it. <laughs> I don't know why me and Sammy just nodded. Neither of us drink kale. Let's have a lago as well. <laughs> Obviously, I'm sure you've already noticed the nightmare that is the train situation getting back. Uh, yeah. And parking it takes a while to get out of the car parks around yeah. Pride Park. Okay, yeah, we're... Um, Basically, having to go back via Birmingham yeah. uh, that We're evening. Dom, you're, Dom, you're, going to, you're staying in Sheffield, aren't you, Dom? No, I'm actually getting a lift back. Oh, are you? Yeah. Uh, me and my mate are leaving Epsom about two o'clock. 
All right. Probably take like three and a bit hours. I think we're picking a mate up in like Kingston or something from work. And then, yeah, we're driving straight back just because I don't, I, I can't spend another hundred quid. I was in Birmingham for four days on the weekend. <laughs> Warming up. Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I don't think I can afford it in the same paycheck. And if we get to the playoff final, I mean, it's <laughs> just better. I mean, I do love a good night on Sheffield. I will give it that. But yeah, I'm just driving back on the same night. But with the M1 being closed, on I think at one junction, it's not going to be easy. But no. we'll make it back eventually. And uh, the atmosphere on Friday, obviously going to be electric in Pride yeah. Park. It is a like, new build stadium, as you mentioned. But I presume... It's decent. When, when, yeah. when it's needed. I mean, we had we're, people were saying we need to make the same atmosphere as we had in the Brighton home leg uh, four years ago yeah. when, we, when we actually tanked, absolutely tanked Brighton. Will Hughes scored the best goal in playoff history, which never gets talked about. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, that was a really cracking atmosphere that night. So I think, you know, under the lights, Friday night, I'd expect it to be loud. It just depends how the first 20 minutes goes. About four or five years ago, they changed it from the away fans being in the south stand directly behind the goal to be in the corner. And the acoustics just don't work quite as well. So... Even you, you might think you're being really loud in the away end, but if you're in the north or east stand opposite, you can't really hear it. So the um, the Derby fans are on the east stand and the south stand surrounding them, and often there's songs between the two. So it can get can get quite good. It's uh, very weird you say that because we have the same thing at Fulham where you just can't. The you know obviously the home stand for Fulham is, is mm. the Hammersmith end. Yeah. You just can't hear the away fans, and the away fans can't hear you. And it's yeah. it's a thing we talk about really often because people give us a load of jip, and it's like. It's like we can't hear you either. Like, it's not, it's not, it's like, not, and it's not even any disrespect. The only people we've managed to hear, and it hate, I hate to say it, is is Leeds because they took the whole thing and just sang that ridiculous song that they sing for about yeah. half no, an Wednesday, hour. Wednesday, usually all right. Wednesday as well, actually. Yeah, you yeah, are but, right. You are. You are. I think the funniest one is you can see the whole away and like jumping up and bouncing, yeah. and you just can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like what's going yeah. on over there? They're just <laughs> bouncing <laughs> in silence. Yeah, bouncing in silence. <laughs> but you know, there we are. So uh, two grounds <laughs> where you can't hear away fans, so we can stop giving each other jib by that now. <laughs> Tom. Richard from Steve Bloomer's Washing thank you so much for coming in to chat to us or here on Fulhamish thank, thank you cheers pals hello I am Brad Hangeland and when I'm not rubbing my thigh with cheese I'm listening to the Fulhamish podcast well thank you so much to Tom and Richard from Steve Bloomer's Washing for chatting to myself Jack and Dom uh, ahead of Friday's big playoff game so lads travel plans Dom getting what are you a doing? lift mate you're getting a lift me and Jack are on the train together Yes. What, what train are we on? We're at two minutes to two. Two minutes to two from... It's the 158, mate. I call it the two to two. No, it's 158. It's a train, mate. It's <laughs> two the 1358. Two T2. 1358. Uh, from... That's from King's Cross? No, St. Pancras. That's from St. Pancras. St. Pancras. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dom. <laughs> uh, yes, it's from it's from St. Pancras. If you'd like to join us on that train, you'd be more than welcome. Cool. Well, um, hopefully we see as many They're not welcome you... in the car, by the way. No, I would... <laughs> Not even me and Sammy are welcome in the car. Uh, Hopefully we see as many of you up there as possible up at Pride Park. Uh, Then Fulhamish will return on Sunday. We're going to put out a podcast halfway through the playoffs. So hopefully you'll be able to either listen to that Sunday evening. It should be up a bit earlier on Sunday than normal. Hopefully like in the kind of mid-afternoon. And most people will probably be listening to that on their Monday morning commute into work when you won't be able to think about anything else, I think, uh, than a second leg. Unless we get absolutely trounced 5-0, then maybe you'll be trying to think of something else. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Fulhamish will be back. And there's a potential we're recording that live from Craven Cottage. Yeah, at the home of football. 
the home of football. So uh, football. I mean, futsal. Uh, home of futsal. These plans may not come to fruition, but if everything goes smoothly, then we'll uh, record it live from Craven Cottage just for I that feel kind like of. Last year, I won't be pit. rushing to get my passport. So. Oh yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. Uh, but we did it last year between the uh, Reading games, and we really enjoyed it. So we thought we might try do that again. So to Jack Collins, thank you very much. Thank you, Sammy. Don Betts, thank you very much. It's all right. We'll see you all in Derby. Come on, you whites. You whites. Laters. Yeah.